Welcome back to the Get Fit Podcast. I am so freaking excited you are taking the time to hang out with me here today because there are a million other things you could be doing. You could be wandering Target with a mask on, of course. You could be shopping for yarn. You could be walking away from so much home decor you don't even know what to do with yourself. You could be doing so many freaking other things, but I am so, so glad that you're taking the time to hang out with me here today. On today's episode, we have Brandy Runyon. She is the owner, CEO of Black Diamond PR Consulting. We are going to learn some ins and outs of what it means to have an agent, what they do on the back, and just some fun details on the other side of famous celebrities. So I'm so freaking excited for y'all to hang out with us here today. So let's dive into it. All right, welcome on back, you guys. So on today's episode, we have Brandy Runyon. She is the founder of Black Diamond PR, which if you don't know about that, you probably should. It is a public affairs for the public and private sector. So she includes clients that are celebrities, athletes, and so many in the entertainment industry. If you want to look good out in the real world, this is definitely the agency that you want to be with. So welcome on, Brandy. I would just love to hear your story, how you get here, how you even created all of this I'm so excited oh my goodness thank you for having me on oh my gosh so our story is a very long story unfortunately I'm trying to abbreviate it but basically I started my company a long time ago I have five children my oldest son actually almost died of a MRSA infection right before his second birthday and so that kind of took me out of the surgical field that I was in at the time and I was staying at home with him after that as he recovered. So I figured that if I wanted to stay home with my kids, I was going to have to figure out something else. And so I got into PR and marketing for the entertainment industry primarily back in those days. Worked with actors, models, did a lot of high profile events. We specialized in product placement. So we actually got to do some really cool events like the CMAs, the Grammys, and the Miss America pageant for a few years. But kind of as time went on, I just kind of fell out of love with my job as you know many people can probably relate to and I ended up going back to school and it was just really funny because I had enough of a mishmash education to go into the sports field and I remember looking at my advisor thinking what am I gonna do with sport you know So I thought, you know what, what the heck? I don't know, I felt like God was maybe just taking me down this road and I was just at the point where I was just, nothing else was kind of working out. So I actually went that direction and I was gonna close my company, but by the time I had finished my master's degree, I said, you know what, no. Now I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And we scaled this company to the sports industry. And so now primarily all we handle is the sports industry. Um, There's a couple of businesses here and there that you know we still work with and a couple of authors but primarily 99% of our clientele are professional athletes. So yeah, it's, it was just a crazy story. I totally stumbled into this by chance and it's absolutely turning into my life's work. That's so amazing. See, we, we sometimes put so much pressure on ourselves that we have to know exactly what we're going to do all of the time. And I love that you kind of started in something and it just wasn't for you. So you went out to acquire the more information to make what you actually wanted to do happen. It doesn't 
have to be a straight path. Life is terrible if it's just linear. So I love that there were the ups and the downs and you weren't sure. You're like, this is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing, but it wasn't the first thing that you were doing, which is so, so important for people who are like stuck in this. They're doing this one thing and they can only do that kind of mindset. Yeah. So. And you know, there, there's so much pressure on young adults as well. I remember as a young adult graduating from high school, I actually, both of my parents passed away my senior year, um, just within months of my graduation. And I remember thinking, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with my life. And then they tell you, you know, you should kind of have a, a plan mapped out by that point where you're going to go to school and what you're going to do. And I felt like I never did that. And when I went to college, I flunked out my freshman year, actually. I had no clue what I wanted to do. And then I just kind of carried that around for years as, you know, I got married and I had children and then I had the family and I thought, man, I must be a miserable human being to have not accomplished really much. And I had so much ambition. So I think, you know, speaking to young adults, speaking to mothers, speaking to single mothers, we absolutely don't have to have it figured out. There's really no mile marker for when you should. I figured it all out in my late 30s is when it kind of came together. So if that is encouraging at all, I think we, we just put way too much pressure on ourselves. Absolutely. It's, it feels like such a generational thing because my grandmother and my grandfather, my grandpa was in the Navy his whole life. My grandma had like one job and then they had kids and that was it. Then my parents, my dad was in the construction trucking industry his whole life, kind of the same field always. And I had had two different jobs before I even got out of high school. And I was like, well, I'm just working this job to get through college. Am I supposed to keep this job? forever and then I didn't end up using my college degree as cool as having an English degree is and it's realistically helped me a lot in my life but it wasn't the job I really wanted I'm like I've had so many jobs but all of my friends have had so many jobs and we're not necessarily trapped in the idea that we have to stay in the same place if we're not happy my father didn't really enjoy construction and trucking but that was what he knew and he didn't see a way out of it and I feel like that's so kind of ingrained in us where we see if our parents had the same job forever we're like we should totally just have one job forever no matter what like maybe they hate their jobs but all you know is well you have a job and you stay at that job and I don't think that's the case for young people if you're like in your 20s just accept that you're probably gonna have like four or five jobs and that you don't have to stay in a job that you hate you really you really don't like there's too much out there in the world now mm -hmm. that you can find something to do that you freaking love no matter how long it takes absolutely so when you are bringing on new clients what is it that you you kind of see them struggling with with their image that you guys kind of specialize in working on them with Ooh, most of the types of guys that we bring on, and this is actually probably true for almost any athlete out there, is a lot of them really just need people that see potential in them still. Because I think a lot of a lot of them will come to us and they they want things to happen, they want some momentum, but they're not really sure what's going on. They don't know who to trust anymore, and there's there's just a whole lot of pitfall in this industry. And so, you know, I think one of the things that we see probably across the board is just people needing people to believe in them and to kind of establish that relationship and to be able to trust someone and then see that things actually come to fruition through, you know, your combined efforts. 
That's so good. Seeing the potential. That's definitely so important in athletes. I feel like because their whole careers rise and fall on how good that they are. And if they have maybe a bad game or they didn't have a great season and their opinion of themselves falls, like knowing that there are still people who are like, no, you got this. You can do this. You did it before. You can do even better. Probably so, so important. Yeah, it definitely is. A lot of these guys, you know, they've got people that, you know, it's easy for people to put blame everywhere else. And I think one of the things that we go through with all of our guys is, is teaching them how to take responsibility for themselves and to realize that they're going to have people in the industry that that tell them one thing and it doesn't happen or to feel the feelings that, hey, you know, I know that I'm good enough, but why am I not getting anywhere? This isn't happening or this person isn't working. But to be able to help them build confidence in a way that they keep a positive mindset and they know that the one person they can always depend on, though relationships are going to evolve and change, is themselves. And that's very a very critical part of what we do. You have to work so much on yourself in order to have a good outlook and a good vibe, essentially, with the rest of the world. And they're living in such high pressure, under the microscope lives. If you're a professional athlete, you are the top tier of your game and all eyes are on you, whether you like it or not, necessarily. Um, So what kind of guidelines do y'all have for keeping your clients? Like if they come to you, are there things that they could potentially do? We see scandals in the news the media blown crazy out of proportion but do you guys have like rules and regulations for the type of people that you will allow to be associated with your company well i mean like any responsible company we do you know take into account that there are some higher risk clients that maybe potentially aren't a good fit for us you know our protocol is pretty straightforward we have a very specific method that we use here and so a lot of that of those issues i guess you could say get discarded in our vetting process because every person that will end up signed here eventually will have to talk to me before the final decision is made so that I can get a grip on what their personality is. You know, is this a guy that's coming to us with a chip on his shoulder? Is this the kind of guy that, you know, maybe his social media isn't in tune or maybe he's, you know, had some off-field issues that, you know, all those things we try to take it into account. But once we do make the decision to to bring a guy here uh, or a gal and sign them, we do have a pretty strict protocol, things that we run by them and let them know, you know, there aren't too many ways for us to terminate your contract, but there are a few items that we will terminate it over. And and we outline those for them. And I think part of our process, the biggest piece of, of what we do here is that communication layer. We talk to our clients every single week. Some, some of these people I talk to every single day uh, via text or phone call or whatnot. So we always know what's going on with them on the field, off the field, personal life, concerns, anything that's going on, they have people here to talk to. So everyone that that we work with, they know they've got that system built in here. And I think the ongoing relationship that we have here keep everyone kind of on the straight and narrow. But most of them, you know, all of our clients are really good people. You know, they don't seek out trouble or anything like that. Money makes you greedy. Money makes you selfish. Money is the root of all evil, right? When people have more money, they're not good people anymore. Money changes people. What if we could change all of these crazy negative connotations for the good? What if money makes you more charitable? What if money allows you to give back? What if money lets you help more people? 
If you're currently living in a negative mindset of scarcity, of fear, of disdain, we need to work on that. You know you do. You're going to feel so much better. And the first step to doing that is being surrounded by the right kind of money community. And I don't mean what your banking institution is. I don't mean your CPA, your super awesome accountant. And I don't mean that person that you met in college who maybe manages some books. I mean a real money community where you can ask money questions, get support, for your debt-free journey, celebrating your small wins, and celebrating your big wins, as well as learning about money manifesting, changing your story, and becoming the best money you possible. So if you're looking for your new money community, I have it for you. It's my Money Works Tribe on Facebook. The link is going to be in my bio, and I cannot freaking wait to see you there. I would hope not, especially in the world that we live in today where everything is paparazzi, photoed, you know, you don't really always need the everything about your life broadcast, just formulating what's allowed to go out. We definitely advise everyone to, you know, they can have certain accounts that are completely private under alias names, and then they can conduct their private life there. But their social media, as far as their career aspect is concerned, is like the billboard to the world. And we keep them very coached up and on track with initiatives every single week. So they are so busy doing all the right things. There's, there is no margin for error in most cases. That's the way to be. I also love that you meet with every single one of your potential clients. That's so, it's so inspiring that it is your company and even though you've grown it to what it is today that you still know every single person that you're allowing in your organization and I think we don't always see that with CEOs we see people who give the reins to everyone else now you can't be in charge of every little thing but knowing who is in your organization who you are representing personally I think that's so so important and I'm so glad to hear that yeah it's definitely all about relationships and, and that's one of the big thing when I talk to interns or when I speak on panels or when I talk to athletes or other people in this profession is that the relationship is key and I have a servant leadership part so I'm always looking out for everyone else underneath me I'm on right now since COVID-19 everyone's kind of working remotely but we have work groups online and I'm in those every single day just nosing around because I want to know what's going on with my guys you know how are they doing what's new you know how's grandma feeling those sorts of things in addition to the actual work and kind of overseeing that and making sure my staff knows they can come and we work on this stuff. I'm in the trenches right with them and I work right with them. But all these guys, they, they've got managers that they're assigned to. There's about six people assigned to every single file that's here. So they, they have a big network, but they also have my cell phone number. So, and they are required to speak to me once a week also, in addition to everyone else they got to deal with here. So they're, they're directly connected. That's so good. So in light of COVID-19, how has that affected all of y'all? I imagine given the amount of like things that they're involved in, like a lot of your clients have probably been shifting towards like gearing up for promoting like COVID support and whatnot. How has that shifted how you have your clients represented right now? What are they doing with all of this being trapped at home and not really being able to go out experiences? 
it's been difficult. We've, we've had to, you know, do a lot of almost counseling, you know, to kind of, everyone kind of feels like a caged animal, you know, when it all began. I think everyone's kind of more focused on coming out of it at this point, which is really good. I think the area that we were hit the hardest is, is with our charitable stuff. So all of our guys are required to do one media worthy charitable event per quarter. So for a year. And during the off season is, you know, we always knock out one in the summer and then we start planning for our fall event for all of them. And I think that that's where we've been impacted the most is we can't get them to their charities to do the, do, do their events. Like Roland McDonald House Foundation is one of those organizations, Cyril Grayson of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, we have him partnered with them and they were supposed to have their big annual gala coming up that he would have otherwise been at. So trying to kind of work with all these organizations to get their charitable event moved to the digital platform and things like that. So you see a lot of the guys doing online commercials or online charitable events, you know, where they're asking for donations or some of them are getting involved with, with the COVID-19 and encouraging people, you know, wash their hands and they're, they're showing examples of social distancing. They're showing great examples of how they work out with equipment that they built out of their household items and things like that. So that's been the biggest thing, I think. It definitely has been fun to watch a lot of professional yeah. athletes like working out like in their tiny yards or the basketball players who were like, well, I went to the gym every day, so I don't actually have a hoop. So I made a hoop out of like household yarn and like they like strung up, I think it was just like a piping, like PVC piping and just like reinforced it to make a basketball hoop. Yeah. I've, I love the creativity that's come out of it. So yeah. That is really nice. So I think it's so important that y'all help them with their post-career work too. I was reading that. What inspired that aspect of it? Because a lot of times, like if you're an athlete, you're new and you get signed and you have your career. And then once you're out of it, you just fall off the planet and no one ever hears from you again. Yeah. What was the inspiration to help them keep going with that? Well, one thing, one thing that, that we made a focal goal for us as a company was if we were going to represent, represent an athlete, it was going to be full scale. It was going to be completely well-rounded. We didn't want to just work with these guys when they're making their money and, you know, all of their fame and all that stuff. We wanted to make sure that they're going to be taken care of after all that's over. And so what we've done with our system and our method is we build in the transition planning from the first day they sign with us. Every week when they're talking to whoever's managing them, they're going over, you know, social media strategy. They're going over PR uh, stuff. They're working on the charitable give back planning that is coming up on top of everything else. But then we're talking to them about, okay, what do you want to do? Like if, what if we take football away from you? And a lot of the young guns aren't thinking about that. It's actually their least favorite thing to discuss with us because they just think they're going to live forever, I guess. But we tell them, you know, to put it into perspective, you just don't know. I mean, you can be like Jason Witten and have a 15 year career and then retire and go into broadcasting and come back and decide to play some more. Or it could be a career ending injury like we saw with Ryan Shazier. You know, guy just went out to play a game of football, will never play again. And so our mentality and our approach to that is we got to start paving the way for plan B now because we don't know when that day's coming for you. So we tell them, you know, it's kind of like buying life insurance. Eventually you're going to need it. So we'll start working right now. And by, by planning now, 
we can really catch these guys right in the middle of when they're building their brand, when they're making their money. So maybe they can start investing in the long-term goal and saving money for later and just using and leveraging the branding and the following that they have now, because they're never going to be more influential than they are right now with all of their hundreds of thousands of followers. And so I have some guys that are writing books, some that are creating foundation. These are, these are things that right now they can do part-time here and there in between everything else to get it built and then start sharing it with the world. I have some that are public speakers now and they, they have this huge following and this huge network. And now's the best time to use that because once full football is over, all of that tapers off and then you got to start from nothing. So that was kind of the idea behind it. So we have all these guys, especially the ones coming right out of college. We're telling them now, you know, what do you want to do after football? And then we start working on that, helping them figure that out too. I love that. So, so freaking much because we do see famous players like come out of college, go in, have amazing first seasons, and then something happens right out the gate. The I, I love that they think that they're invincible, but it's so heartbreaking to see if they really can't play anymore and they didn't have a backup plan and they just burned through everything that they had. And then they just have to figure out life. Like it's so, it's so important that they have like that backup plan or that long-term future. And that doesn't just apply to like fancy sports people and celebrities, like Everyone should have that long-term plan. There's there's more to your life than the next three or six months. There's like 30 years that you should always be kind of looking at how you can impact. So that's so freaking cool. So important. Love that. It's super critical for guys that are literally defined by their sport. I mean, when you think about the um, the backgrounds that some of these athletes come from, they come from, you know, single parent households. They come from socioeconomically challenged backgrounds and stuff like that. Not all of them, but some of them. Football might be the only thing that they have had going for them in a long, long time. And so as even if they have, you know, a long career, once they have to hang it up, if they're still defined by that one thing they fall into depression just like these this whole range of things but if we can teach them now that there's more to them and that they can make an impact later it really empowers them a whole lot and I think they you know begin to really enjoy that process and then they know that no matter what happened they have something waiting for them on the other side and so we're hoping to see decrease in depression suicide things like that after that transition absolutely anything that we can do to help people's mental health further down the road is so so important and I wish it was like talked about more because a lot of these guys aren't thinking forward past that because maybe whoever's in their immediate circle is just like the here and now the here and now and just not thinking long term so it is absolutely incredible that you offer that whole rounded spectrum what they're going to be able to do and just the amount of good that you are able to help them do in the world that maybe they wouldn't have known creating foundations speaking like those are things that are so incredibly valuable for millions of people and being able to connect like someone who's a fan of theirs with like a really powerful message that that changes lives for people right there. I'm going to switch gears a little bit because I did some research on you and I'm just so intrigued at this and I don't, I, I did not Google it so that there would be some air of mystery and then I could find out more about it. But I was reading that you are in the National Society of Leadership and Success. That is so freaking cool. What does that mean? 
Well, actually, I was um, nominated by my university, actually, during the time that I was completing my master's degree. And, you know, it, it just, it wasn't a huge surprise. I mean, it was a surprise, but it wasn't because my entire life, anything that I've, I've wanted to do or that I've been involved with, I've always worked to move up the ladder. I think I was naturally born a leader. I love structure. I love having strong leaders above me to teach me things. I love learning things and turning around and teaching it to other people. So that was like a really cool honor when, you know, I was invited to be part of that. It was just really cool. It gave me opportunities to connect with other leaders in society and hopefully, you know, eventually be able to give back to other people. All right. So as a leader, obviously you've done so many, so many things and you've grown so much. What is I think, the most valuable leadership tip that you can give to someone who is just starting, who is maybe coming into their own company, who has started a business, who is looking to rise up eat from where they are? What is, what is like a key component of leadership that you really feel like everyone should have or know and understand? I think that, well, there's actually two, I guess that that people hear me talk about the most. The first is, you know, having the ability to have a heart for people. Like I said, uh, servant leadership is, is my leadership style. It's just catering to the needs of those, you know, that I work with, with the idea that if you take care of your employees, they're going to take care of your client. But for me, it's those interpersonal relationships. I tell people a lot of time, don't be focused on the money, be focused on the people. Because if you're focused on the people, the job is going to get done well, the money's going to come later. But for people striving to be leaders, it's imperative to be a people person and to develop your, your communication skills, your empathy skill, and some servant leadership for sure. The second thing is humility. I believe that, that humility is the number one personal character trait that I look for the most in the people, people I hire, the people I represent, my own mentors, and other people in the industry that I work with. Just because you can, you can accomplish so much more if you can be humble and we work a lot to teach our athletes how to be humble as well very nice very nice definitely definitely agree that being humble is so important it's it's a kind of a fine line between being very confident in what you're doing and very proud of what you're doing and knowing and being humble enough to know that you can always learn you can always be growing as a leader you are never done learning you are a work in progress you didn't just hit peak leadership and that's it you are always growing and having having that mind for people that having that servant leadership heart knowing that other people in your life are going to impact you change your perspectives and grow from that mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely obsessed and in love so excited about that i haven't had a lot of guests on the podcast yet who do anything in the nonprofit space and i would love to hear about your work with the dallas 9-11 memorial stair climb what that is how that came to be how you ended up with it i would just i would love to know that okay yeah so that's just been one of the of several nonprofits that we've worked with in the past that I've worked with in the past. I was actually their, their volunteer marketing director for three years. And my work there actually got promoted up to the, the national level of the stair climbs that, that govern all the stair climbs around the country. So the Dallas uh, Memorial Stair Climb is, it's an annual event. It's held in September, the month of September. And what it is, is it, they invite first responders to come and they climb one for one 
on for every first responder who was lost in the attacks of 9-11 at the World Trade Center. So, and they, they'll climb 110 floors, which is the height of the World Trade Center, in full gear. So they, you know, for example, there's 343 firefighters that were lost there at Ground Zero. So there will be 343 full bunker gear firefighters that will make that climb. And then they also include the police officers and EMS workers as well. It's a very moving memorial. It's not a race or anything like that. It's absolutely done with just the utmost class by the people who run that organization. But I was able to work with them for three years and be part of that event. And it's just incredibly moving. The public can come. Family members of the, the first responders that partake in that event are able to come. And they've got big screens. You can watch them. And it's actually court, uh, choreographed to the events of 9-11. So at the times that the planes hit the buildings, there's a pause um, and they play taps. They also pause for the moments that the tower fell. It's just incredibly moving and it's just there to, to help people remember in a meaningful way and to keep the memory alive. I love that. Oh goodness. I have not seen that before. I'm gonna have to go watch some videos of it. When you said that they were national, like how many of them are there, do you know? Or is it just this one? No, there's actually, gosh, I wish I could remember. Since I've worked with them, I'm sure that they've added some climbs around the country, but I know New Orleans Orleans has one. Dallas has one. New York has one. They're just kind of spread out all over the country. Investigate. And then I will link the info to that in the show notes here for everyone if you haven't seen it or you don't know about it. So what are you most looking forward to for the rest of 2020? Like Beginning of the year has been a little bit crazy, but we're getting to come out of quarantine. States are opening back up. Things are changing. Sports have been rumored that are going to be starting up under just new guidelines. But what are you really like looking forward to for the rest of 2020? I am really looking forward to the sport industry getting back to whatever our, you know, semblance of new normal that we're going to have. I'm hoping that it won't take us long to get get back to what we used to refer to as normal with fans in the stands and players doing what they do. I actually just recently got licensed. I'm I'm one of five female professional football agents for the Canadian Football League now. So one critical aspect of what we're going to be doing moving forward is getting our players back out to to workouts and to tryouts with teams and get them marketed and help these kids get transferred to teams so they can actually play professionally. That's one thing that's super critical for us right now. And then just seeing all my guys back out there, you know, we went, we miss it. We like keeping them busy. And so we're just, we're ready to get back to work. Absolutely. It's been been very crazy in Nashville just completely shut down. The idea, like when I first kind of got into the pandemic and they were like, well, football might be canceled this year. I was like, oh no, nope, no. not doing that. I'm not, there is no canceled football for me. I'm not doing that. It's, oh, it be so sad. That's how I felt because like when they shut down basketball and baseball and I was like, well, that's okay. Cause, and, and I love sports equally. My guys would be really mad, you know, cause I say that all the time, but football is really my thing. I mean, I love all of my clients, but football is my thing. I saw a meme online and it said something about like the NBA shutting down their season. And then it, it said the NFL would never. And I just laughed. So I was like, yeah, like this stuff's going to be swept up and cleaned up before the NFL season starts because we're not missing anything yeah. for any reason. <laughs> I think like the moment I realized that the, the whole COVID thing was going to be serious is because I'm in Nashville, we were hosting the NCAA 
championship games and they got canceled same day and I was like oh football <laughs> season starts in we got time we got yeah. time <laughs> So we'll, we'll get there and I'm ready. I know there's, I saw like a video, I think it's in Germany, they started like their soccer league again and like fans are like paying to be cardboard cutouts while social distancing is still happening. Oh and I was like, if I can buy a seat and get a like video stream directly from that, like I could pay for a cardboard cutout. Like if I can get that streamed to my house. That's you know, an I would... incredible marketing idea. Yes, I would too. Yeah. <laughs> like like oh you can like sit on the field maybe they'll talk to you I would I would pay money for that like FaceTime oh. video feed I would totally do that yeah that would be that would be incredible I think I'd have to get involved with that too it's really cool I mean we might as well we gotta get we gotta get crafty at this point just what's an idea that no one's ever thought of let's let's do that because why not what is probably the biggest piece of advice that you would give your younger self if you were sitting down with 19 year old you and you could just be like you need to listen to this right now because I'm telling you the truth just follow this piece of advice what would you tell yourself I think I would go back and tell myself that you don't have to have it all figured out right now and it's okay it's okay not to have it figured out take your time make all the mistakes ask lots of questions and just be gent more gentle with yourself because I think you know kind of reverting back to what we said earlier I just felt like there was a lot of pressure and I felt like a huge failure for like a big part of my life because I thought I had missed my way window of knowing. And so now I'm much older and I'm like, wow, okay. I've done a lot of things with my life to get to where I'm at. And it just, you know, it just took a long time and that was okay. Exactly. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there. The time will pass no matter what, whether you start today and it takes you four years or you don't, four years are going to go by, 10 years are going to go by. So you might as well make the effort, try, because you're probably going to surprise yourself. When you start trying, you always surprise yourself. Absolutely. Well, I will have all of your social media linked in the show notes, your website, so people can check you out. I will list the nonprofits, and I'm just so thankful for you taking the time with me. It was so exciting to get to hear how you help your sports athletes through everything, how COVID's affected y'all, and just how much of a leader you are, and such an inspiring leader for how far you've come and how you've grown, and I'm just so thankful that you took the time to hang out with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.